everybody, and welcome to Game of Your Life, the podcast that celebrates all things nerdy, nostalgic, and most importantly, my favorite medium, video games. This week, we got Phil Sutton on the podcast. Phil, how are you? I'm good, man. Thanks for having me on. I'm happy to have you here. Um, so, yeah, how's your day been, dude? It's been a cloudy, shitty one today. It has. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, I went out last night, so I woke up hungover and um, did, a, did a Zoom counseling session. Uh, it was the first time I spoke in the day, so I was like, not bothered about this session, but it, it, it ended up being good. That's right, I do therapy, and um, and then uh, came to meet you, picked up some weed, came to meet you. <laughs> yeah, nice, man. Um, yeah, we were talking about the city feels like, I thought it was the day after Halloween would be this Halloween hangover, but it's just been like November so far, the... The month doesn't have as much energy to it. Yeah, for sure. I, I even feel like that at gigs and stuff and just like um, trying to sort nights out. You're like, especially I had a gig at the, the Comedy Vault, which I run. I've mentioned that already, everyone. Um, but, <laughs> yeah. uh, there's a show I run on a Monday and uh, the, the the following day, like I was after Halloween, I was waiting outside. And I was like, no one's going to be here. And throughout the night, it, it did pick up. There was seven audience members all together at one point, including the comedians. I'm not including, not including the comedians. But I was just like, no one wants to be out. It's just rainy. It's like the wrong side of payday. It's like, I don't know. Yeah, everyone's broke. Everyone's just, yeah, it was weird. Well, Halloween's a weird one because I feel like everyone goes out in not much clothing. And then mm. goes, hangs outside, maybe catches a cold, spends yeah. all their money, and then it's just, yeah, it doesn't lead for a good winter. Yeah, true. And it, it's lucky there isn't, like, there's some uh, horrible lurgy that's being passed around everywhere. Uh, <laughs> otherwise, they'd be fucked. Yeah. Uh, my, my fucking biggest pet peeve with Halloween is people who dress not uh, scurry. So it's just like they've dressed up. But, and the worst one, right, I saw a guy, and he was dressed as Robin Hood. <laughs> it's like that's first of all that's not scary and plus you're like 30 odd who picks robin hood as a costume like unless you're being robin hood in a theater play and even that's not cool that like, it just bugs you it, to you it halloween should be scary yeah like you did uh bonnie and clyde right yeah and yeah you, and you made them dead and i was like okay that, there you go if you if you can do whatever you want you, yeah you I, I do get what you mean when it's just like when I was a kid, it was essentially just cosplaying before you called it that. Like yeah. I, I went as Super Mario one year. Right. Not much scary about him, true, and, true. unless you're a Goomba. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'll bring in the game references and already. Yeah, right um, away. Yeah, uh, but did you do anything for Halloween? No, actually, I did fuck all. So I now work um, term time at my job. I'm a swimming teacher, and um, it's the first job I've had where they go like it, it works within school at school. Uh, term holidays like and when, whenever they have a half term or they have Christmas off they have summer holidays I have that off and this was supposed to be my first one I ended up doing a course instead and I felt like I didn't have any time off and then on the day of Halloween people were like oh there's a party tonight and I was like oh it's Halloween <laughs> and right. I didn't realize, like, and I'm not the kind of guy who's like I know I've got I've got my old Robin Hood costume yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll whip that out I know it's not scary but um, <laughs> well yeah. it is funny how like people with real life responsibilities have a way of just like what the fuck like Halloween what are you talking about mm. Like I have a job where I wear a suit every day. Not that that's what you're doing, but oh, no, it's it's not. it's clear that like obviously comedians would in their thirties would still be rip roaring on Halloween because <laughs> we don't have any like real people shit to do. Yeah, true. Well, <clears throat> I, it, it, had I had more, it, what it really is is that I'm a massive procrastinator and I'm not at all organized. So the idea of like dressing up for something. Like, say if I had a funeral, I'd be like, what's in my wardrobe today on the day of the funeral? I hope there's a, bl a black suit. If not, I'm wearing fucking um, Robin Hood costume. No, no. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so, it, it, yeah, I get that. But 
I'm just very unprepared. So if someone went, remember, Halloween's in a month, get your costume right now. Then I'd be like, all right, I probably should. And then they'd have to keep reminding me and they'd go, have you ordered it yet? But if they tell me on the day, remember, it's Halloween today, I go, oh, yeah, I've not even been thinking about that. Yeah, I, I luck, I'm lucky because I'm with Lulu and she's like always one mm. to plan ahead. So we doubled up on Halloween because we had two different friends, yeah. two different parties. And it worked good because like, I there was a sense of like, Everything post-2020 feels bigger, like, because everyone's trying to get one back mm, for last year. True. So, I mean, I doubled up on it. It felt like two different Halloweens. Right, and nice. That's 2020 done. But it's like, yeah, I'd be like you if I didn't have Lulu who was thinking ahead with the mm. costumes. I used to do, like, whoever was hosting the party, I'd put on one of their outfits. And yeah, be like, yeah. Oh, I'm him. Yeah, yeah, Just, yeah. like, dumb. Or I remember once I wore my kitchen uniform to a party because right. it was just like <laughs> right well yeah. I have had some ones like so like, I've had shit ones where someone's going it's Halloween party tonight are you coming I'm like I've nothing then they go here's a leather jacket you're grease <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like alright and then there's been one where I dressed as a tampon <laughs> so uh, I had a white t-shirt that I wrote tampax on I had white uh, long johns and I took the belt out of a, a white dressing gown tucked it in the back as the, the string and then I wore a white beanie hat that I bought and I flicked red paint on it and I remember going to this party and in my head I was like haha yeah I'm fucking I'm, I'm crazy and then I go to this party and we get there and people are kind of laughing at it I go like oh <clears throat> and then the mother of the, the person whose party host came over and was like hi right this is my moment I was like oh god I'm so sorry <laughs> how old were you maybe this is like 1920 okay so it wasn't crazy it would be mad if I was like I was six years old and you were like this kid is a freak. What the fuck is going on? Yeah, I thought you were going to say like 14, which no, is no, like... that would be mad. Yeah, then you're just not welcome at the parties anymore. Yeah, true. At that age. But no, it's funny. I, I forgot the age of like edgy costumes. I never really yeah. tried any, but I remember like kids just going for it back back when high school was ending and shit. People that are cancelled now. Yeah, long yeah true, true. Um, but yeah, it's <laughs> weird. So you bought weed before you got here, smoked a bit beforehand. I, I, I feel like you're my weed buddy here, because oh, yeah. I don't know if I've ever told you this. When I first moved to Manchester, you were the first act I actually saw on stage. Oh, wow. You were emceeing the first Josh yeah. Brooks or whatever. And then, um, yeah, I was like, oh, pothead, this is great. Like, you could tell because right. you had jokes about it <laughs> yeah. and shit. And then after, just tell anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and we became fast friends. So it's funny because, like, I always talk about, but weed is just so not a thing over here. And as far mm. as, like mainstream conversation like everyone's a cokehead in the uk but yes yeah. there's, there's no potheads to speak of it's almost like shameful it is yeah and it's mad that something like alcohol and and coke and these other harder drugs they're like so much more accepted when if like say if i go out on a saturday and look around at the people on coke and the people drinking <laughs> they're just causing chaos and then if you find the guy that's smoking weed somewhere he's just in a little quiet bit playing on his phone video games on his phone and he's just smoking and drunk causing no harm to no one mm -hmm. and it's like that's the thing that is and it's like oh it's fucking whatever like they, they assume something of him and then you talk to me like yeah well actually i'm a software engineer and uh, I've just had a busy day, and I thought that I'd have a smoke at the end of the day. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, oh, he's actually a respectable human. Like, maybe he's a swimming teacher uh, who teaches kids with disabilities, uh, but he also smokes weed in the evening because, you know, jobs are stressful. And uh, I don't know. It, for me, weed has always been like, uh, like I was talking to my flatmate, Nick. You, you, you know Nick. And um, uh, he's a big potty, like, giant one. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Shout out, Nick. <laughs> Shout out, Nick. And uh, definitely not listening to anything I'm on. Uh, it gets enough of me at, at home. But anyway, um, 
we were talking about it and he was like uh yeah weed's definitely the superior one out of he said it's no competition and i was like i don't know and i started giving him some pros for weed. i was like i mean i'm probably not that i get this a lot actually so my father and my granddad and most of my dad's side of the family are all alcoholics and people often say to me like um oh you know you really you a lot of fun when you drink <laughs> and I'm like, that is not good for the latent alcoholism in my DNA. Yeah. Like, for you to be encouraging that behavior, like, just going, oh, it's really fun when you're drunk. Like, do you know when you come in work in the morning and you're a bit tipsy? Like, do that. Like, <laughs> it's a lot more fun. It's a lot more fun. You're just a lot more relaxed. You know, all the insecurities you have and the nervous awkwardness you have, that kind of dissipates when you're drunk. Mm-hmm. Get drunk more like that. But um, he was saying, like, oh, it's a superior one because if uh, he hangs out with me and I'm stoned, we're, we're kind of talking at this level. Mm. And we're just like, oh, that's a funny idea. And we're, we're talking we're talking about ideas. Whereas if I'm drunk and I arrive to meet him and we're like, he's like, come and meet him for a joint if you want. And I, I arrive after a gig drunk, like especially after one of your gigs we've done. Oh, you can host and don't buy a drink. Yeah. <laughs> Make sure that you keep going to that bar and they'll keep giving you drinks. And I'm like, okay. Yeah. So I'm just smashed on the way home. And then I meet him and I'm like, hey, Nick. Like just, and he hates it. I'm just at the top of my voice being like loud and just stupid. And he's like, yeah, well because weed is one of the few things where you can we could do we could like if we were trying to do this podcast drunk now we'd be like just yeah crash bandicoot crazy in it like it's just not well, like it always depends on the levels too right like i think i prefer uh, yeah the positive things that alcohol makes you feel or my favorite drug or whatever mm. but it's all the downsides that come with it like the costs and the fucking health stuff exactly whereas weed you could do pretty much your whole life and i mean it probably isn't good for your lungs long term depending on how you take it in yeah. but if you just ate edibles your whole life i don't think there'd be any long-term negative so, shit yeah. no so like for that reason it's just i wish it was just an honest conversation around it because it is just one of those things that's like it's either not talked about at all and i think that's there's a bunch of reasons for that i think like potheads are pacifists by nature mm. whereas like cokeheads are aggressive i'm surprised yeah. there's not like you know coke dispensaries <laughs> yeah yeah. It, especially like... in like spinning fields in the rich part of town mm. You could have never bit, know. Yeah, well, there probably is, <laughs> Somewhere right? Somewhere in the... In just the basements of those big corporate yeah. corporate buildings. But there's also, like, weed people are also tend to lie about it, too. Like, as soon as you get into, like, this cures cancer territory... Oh, yeah. Like, all right, man, like, you... Then why aren't you rich? Like, yeah, yeah, true, true. And also, um, I, I know people... Uh, I've mentioned them already. I'm just going to say who it is. Uh, Nick is often like... We haven't had COVID, the two of us, and we smoke weed every single day. Yeah. And he keeps going like, listen, weed is the cure. And it, well, not the cure, but it's the deterrent. And he actually found an article that was like <laughs> the same... Um, receptors that that take in like that that cause you to have covid that, that covid attaches to weed kind of goes into those and blocks them and, I, and he was telling me all this and i was like you don't know this you're, you've just read an article and you've gone yep that's i'm gonna live my entire life by this thing and i'll just keep smoking weed and i'll never get covid and it's like yeah when you when you start going into that territory it's like you're just lying to back well, yeah, up your it, it addiction beca- yeah it becomes a, almost like an ideology like anything mm. else like pro weed people are like almost insufferable where it's just like no, the argument should just be fuck off. It's fine for me, and you sell me cigarettes and booze anyway. Yeah, yeah. So just that's it. The buck stops true, there. True. But then it becomes like, no, you're actually help stopping people from getting the cure to whatever. And it's like I don't know, or all the other sort of arguments. Yeah. Like it's not addictive. And I'm like fuck it's off. Like, Have you totally ever done addictive. it every day for a year <laughs> yeah, and then yeah, tried yeah. to stop? <laughs> exactly. It's but, pretty tough. Uh, and I suppose the argument is that like they go like, oh no no no, but it's habit forming, but it isn't addictive. Like so. 
mm. other drugs, you stop taking them and your body goes, help, I need them. Like, and they start doing things to you where like, you start feeling worse. Whereas if you stop smoking weed, you're a bit like, oh, I want a joint for a while. But then you just mo mostly like can think <laughs> quicker and you're getting out of bed earlier. And you're like, it's just a lot easier to come off in a way. Well, in, in the still... sense of it doesn't kill you, like exactly. alcohol or whatever. But I would say like withdrawal symptoms can be pretty shitty. Like, yeah. it, it's, like my appetite's always fucked up or it's tougher true, to sleep at first true. or whatever. So it is sort of, I don't know, like anything. I just wish the arguments were honest. Like I said, because when I was growing up, it was always, well, this is a gateway drug yeah. or whatever. And I'm like, no, it isn't, dude. No one's ever smoked weed and then wanted to try Coke. Like, true, it's, true. But it definitely people six beers in are trying Coke. Oh, yeah. Like, but, it, if you could be stoned and going, like, someone offers you, like, want to do this. And it could be anything for the first time. You're like, you overthink it way too much. So you, you go, like, how about some Coke? And they'd be like, I don't know. That doesn't seem like the level I want to be on. By the way, let me just clarify. That wasn't me denying that. Uh, weed isn't addictive that's me going it is but i suppose that the way they categorize it is like well it's not it's, chemically it's or not whatever chemically yeah addictive. i don't know but it is still addictive in the same way that uh like gambling. video games yeah. gambling, anything <laughs> hey that... let's not talk about video game addiction <laughs> we i was do... trying to bring it back around uh, no we do not abide by that message <laughs> here on the game of your life <laughs> addictive in a good way but I, I just find it strange, this aversion to talk about it here completely, because, I mean, like I said, I'd like an honest talk, but, like, it's not even, like, during COVID, the government's bleeding money, mm. legalize it, you open dispensaries, you got infrastructure, you got jobs, you got taxes, like, mm. it just seems like such a ready-made thing, yeah, but it wasn't know. even, like, a thing that ever got brought up. Yeah, I don't know why I was so late on it. Like, in my head, I'm like, what's holding them back from going, like, oh, this is, every other country that's done it has is, is gone well. And, they're pro so, like, and, and like, you can speak to the lizard people. Like, exactly. fuck your morality. Like, you can profit off of this yeah. directly. Like, yeah, a yeah. Lot. That, that, to me, is the whole argument why they probably... That's why I'm like, why have they not done it already? Because they're going to profit off it. And anything they can profit off... Like, there must be some other reason. Like, what is it uh, that, that is making them go... Oh. Well, hippies would be like, it opens your third eye, man. <laughs> you realize the bullshit. But you can realize right. what the bullshit and still be stuck in it. And I'm like, well, I True. still got to work, so True, just exactly. let me smoke weed and I, maybe I won't care as much. Mm. And also the kind of people who are like that, they've just removed themselves from, from society anyway. So it doesn't <laughs> yeah. really even matter like, at that point. Yeah. Well, hey, before we get into the game here, I did want to talk a little bit about your video game history, because I know okay. you're not like a huge gamer, but yeah. did you have it at all growing up or anything? Right. So um, I had a Sega, there's actually a couple of funny stories on it. I had a Sega Mega Drive when I was a kid, when, mm -hmm. when that first came out. And I remember um, playing Sonic and um, <clears throat> uh, what else was on fucking Sega? Dude, that's it. Man. I really remember just Sonic <laughs> and getting the cool, like, the Knuckles pack where you put the cartridge on top of the other cartridge and it, it makes the Sonic thing like, oh, now you have Knuckles in it or whatever. I, I did a, uh, one with James Crook a few weeks ago and we talked Sonic 2. Right. And yeah. I only found out about that in oh, researching okay. it. I'm like, man, what I like, in a, the original expansion. You're right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, plug a cartridge into a cartridge. Yeah, exactly, yeah. So it was, it, it was like, that was what was interesting about it. And, and I just remember that seeming like, whoa, this is top of the line tech this like, <laughs> it's just a little like hollow box that is that's just got a couple of wires and it. it's just far too big and clunky and you put a cartridge in it that you have to <laughs> like blow on every time and um but it's funny because it is top of the line tech to a 10 year old who true. doesn't know anything about true. tech exactly where it's like computers at the time were still far more complicated oh, yeah, yeah, like yeah. whatever but like in our 10 year old brains it was like mm. this is it this is what yeah. like uh it's the same way that the toy spaceships are what you imagine a real spaceship is yeah, like. Yeah, true. It's like, that's not what a real computer no, is like. Yeah, exactly. And I, and I was even younger than that. It must have been, I must have been like 
four or five around this time. Right, um, yeah, that makes and, sense. Um, yeah, How old so are you now, for reference? 30 now, so, right. um, yeah, yeah, so it would have been, like, early 90s. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, I remember actually finding years later, um, a, like, a, a notepad uh, in one of my drawers, and I opened it, and I'm reading it just because I'm a nosy little kid, and it's like my mum's notepad or something. <laughs> and yeah. I read it, and there was one page where it had all these cheats for a game on Sega, uh, Sega Drive, <laughs> the Sega Drive, the Sega Mega Drive. <laughs> and um, I was, I, I was like, what is this? And I, I like, read through it, and I said to my mum, "What's this?" And she was like, "Oh, you used to be terrible at it." <laughs> 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 so I would just put cheats in, and like, uh, so you would just win it. And I was like, it was proper wholesome that I was like, "Oh, that's really wow. nice that she used to do that." You had remedial Sega, dude. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> she would just like, she, she did like, and and well, actually, I remember telling uh, someone this, and they're like, "Wait, where she found those cheats?" And I was like, there was no internet then. Right? I was like, yeah, but there was, book, there was like magazines that had the cheat codes in and stuff like that. And then it makes me go like, did she buy a magazine just to do that? Like, that's crazy. It's so sweet in a it way. Is, it is nice, yeah. But um, it's funny because those games, are so many of them, there's no easy mode or anything. No. It really is just like, you can spend $60 on it or pounds or whatever. And then not never be able to get by the first level yeah. if you're not good enough. And the game's sort of like, well, fuck you. Either learn to play or true, fuck off. True, like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I do like that. It's like that. Yeah. Um, and then after that, it was... After I had the Sega Mega Drive, whenever the like the PlayStation came out, and I remember asking for it, we were just broke as fuck. And then I was like, can I get the PlayStation? They're like, no, we can't afford that. And I was like, PlayStation, please, I want the PlayStation. Because <laughs> everyone else was getting it. I wasn't massively into games or good at them either when mm-hmm. I played them other people else because I didn't have much practice. Um, but then when the PlayStation, well, no, sorry, the PlayStation was at for age, I didn't have one. Then the PS1 came out. So mm. it's like, it's like P-S-O-N-E and it was a slimline, smaller version of it. Okay. Right. And yeah. so it's a year later and I got that one and I'm just well <laughs> late to everything. Like, and I'm like, have you heard of, uh, Rayman? Like, I was like, yes, it's been out for a year whatever. Uh, and I remember Rayman was the first thing that I rage quit ever. Hmm. Where I remember trying to like, I got to this level where I, you had to jump from one thing to another. And for the life of me, I could not figure out how to do it. And I kept going back and replaying it going like, oh, you have to pick up the wings thing on this part. You have to pick up the double jump. And I got to that bit and I could never get through it. And I remember going over full of rage, slowly pressing the button, and then the, 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 the lid just slowly opens. And then I pull the, like, the disc out and I'm like throwing it at the wall, going like, ah, yeah. sticking the remote up my bum. And like, no, 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 no. That's, I hope that people know what that, that is a reference to. Um, uh, yeah, and then, so then after that, whenever there was a console, like PS2 came out, no, mm. whenever yeah, so PS2 came out, I had the PS1 for ages. Then the PS3 came out. Someone gave me a PS2, so I had a PS2. <laughs> and then that happened for years and years. Um, there is there is such a beautiful like money saving path if you're a casual gamer. Yeah, so, like I don't need to play shit when it comes True. out, but I'll play all the games like five years after and exactly. it costs nothing. Exactly, and yeah. I'm being given I'm being given them all, and and people are like oh, I don't need this anymore. Like, uh, but I remember playing Halo at friends' houses and just being shocking at it being a right screen watcher as he used to call me um, <laughs> and then yeah just getting older it was more like it, there has been phases definitely where I've just gotten into like I lived with a guy once who um, he had like a, a Xbox 3 no 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 Xbox One is that the name of it that's the newest one the newest one I was believe. the one between Xbox 360 and I think it is 360 because there's Xbox Xbox 360 Xbox one, unless and, I'm and missing Xbox one. one is the very newest one. I think so. Like, I don't so know. It must way. have been the 360. Yeah, anyway, whatever it was. Uh, he had GTA 5 on it, so whichever one GTA 5 came out on. And uh, he would he was a pizza delivery uh, man, and whenever he would go 
doing pizza slippers, I'd be like, can I play GTA in your room? And then he'd be like, yeah, yeah. And I'd start at like 1 p.m. in the day. And then he'd get home at like 10 at night. And I'd like message him going, bring me a pizza. And then he'd be like, have you been playing this all day? And I'm just like, baggy eyed, just like the, the room's dark. And I'm like, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I've been playing it all day. But it's never been like, I've never been like, oh, get Red Dead Redemption and play the story all the way through it. I've never been like that. It's just been more like, get FIFA and just play a league on it for ages or like um, purely for fun just for fun yeah it's never been like I, I, I've never really gotten to the stories of games that much well then I'm I'm excited to talk about the one we're going to talk about because yeah, uh, we should get into it because I'm curious how deep you went uh, Phil Sutton this is the game of your life Crash Bandicoot 2 Cortex Strikes Back, a platforming game developed by Naughty Dog and published by Sony, released October 1997 for the PlayStation 1. It came as a sequel to the 1996 Crash Bandicoot, which would go on to much greater success, becoming one of the best-selling PlayStation games of all time, highly praised by the critics. Yeah, Phil, this is a big one. Uh, it's funny, because I didn't know how you settled on Crash Bandicoot 2. I always considered it sort of the, the crown gem of the series. Yeah. It's sort of like... A lot of people consider 3 a f more fun game to play, but 2 feels like the one that sort of put it on the map. Yeah, it is. It's like the um, the age-old, like, the second one is often better, and then the third... Even Godfather. Godfather Part 2 is my favorite of the three, mm -hmm. and then 3 is, like, the, the controversial one, or, um, like... I've run out of examples immediately, but, <laughs> <laughs> but um, Crash Bandicoot for me was like the first one. It established it. People like it. Crash Bandicoot 2 is like, oh, they've improved it. And then Crash Bandicoot 3 was the one that... Like Tony Hawk's, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 2 was mm -hmm. the one, like, for some reason it was Pro Skater 2 that, that was the one that was really popular, mm -hmm. and then, th I remember playing that a lot as well, but with Crash Bandicoot 2, it was, it seemed to me, it was the one that I, like, got into for the longest time, and when 3 came out, I was not even bothered, I was still, like, enjoying Crash Bandicoot 2. Yeah, I don't know what it is, it's almost like, you, the game so much benefits by the first being shittier, Yeah. because the first is, like... I bought the trilogy when it, they re-released it, and right. you forget the first is almost like tough to play. Did you ever play mm, that one, or I, I, did you start I, I it too? I remember it being, because it wasn't, uh, I feel like I'm really not good at the terms on games, but in, in Crash Bandicoot, you're running forward, mm -hmm. and... Um, they're all sort of like that. They're all sort of like that, but the, those other things that seem to go with her in the, in the two, where you're in that room for the loading page, and you can run around in the circle and go to the different levels and yeah, stuff. They and there's little things that they introduced, whereas the first one seems really like the basic stage of it. and it, it, Yeah, like, everything's scaled back. It almost feels like a demo of what two would yeah, become. Yeah, true. And, like, there was no bonuses for, like, destroying boxes and shit like that. Mm. So it's it's almost like you liked Crash 1 when you played it. It's It was inoffensive. It was probably pretty cool, actually. Yeah. But then when the second came out, you're like, oh, they nailed it. Mm, and then the, the third wasn't, like, that big of a jump ahead. Like, it was maybe, like, 10% of the jump right. that two had from True. one. True, yeah, and that's maybe why you, you just kind of forget. Well, I can't even remember playing three. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't even know what the name of it is. Cortex Strikes Back is two, isn't it? And three, I couldn't Cortex something's world, or, no, Warped, I think, Crash. Oh, it just Warped. Oh, right, yeah, maybe. It was very successful, too. Right, right. Um, And very good. But anyway, um, I always thought of Crash and Spyro at the time. Spyro, yeah. We're, we're going to be, like... Uh, their answer to Mario and Link from uh, Nintendo. Mm. Like, I remember when I was this age and being like, hearing the PS2s coming out, and my first thought was like, 
oh, they'll probably have a new Crash Bandicoot and a new Spyro. Mm. And instead, the Sony sort of abandoned those characters altogether up right. until, like, very recently. Sure. And I don't know, man. I always thought that was a bit of a fuck-up. Because these Crash Bandicoot games, like, the characters were really memorable to me. Exactly. That, like that. I think that's why I was so drawn to it. Because it wasn't like... I don't know. I, I like the the I like games. If I'm I'm gonna just play a game. If someone was like, right, you have a choice of any game. It would probably be. It would rather than being like, it's a guy who looks like a real human and he's going around doing these missions and he's talking to different people and then you have to go and do this, um, and you go over to a person and they just kind of stood there like in that. Is it NCP? Is that what they call them? They just yeah, yeah. or NPC, non-playable character. Yeah, yeah, and you go up and and then it says like press Y to talk to, press A to slap or whatever, yeah. and like. Whereas I like the ones where it's like a character they created, like Bandicoot. It's a ba- what is a Bandicoot? Is it a fox? I always, like, I actually yeah, was yeah. going to ask you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I'm like, what is that? And like Spyro is just a little dragon. It's just Rayman is a guy with like no limbs, but he mm. has floating hands and floating feet. And I, I liked the, the, the it, it's as if it's his own, like you only get those characters on video games. And that's what I liked about it. Yeah. And this game, like it really didn't inv- reinvent the wheel as far as gameplay or anything like that. But I think making these memorable characters is sort of the hardest part for mm. a game to, like, get over. So I don't know why they sort of left them away for so long. But let's get into it. The story and the characters always the first thing I talk about. Yeah, I have written here your Crash Bandicoot, which I'm assuming is a Bandicoot. Right. And I don't know, like, I always thought of it as, like, a Tasmanian devil in my head. Mm. But I think that's just because he spun around, exactly, like, yeah. the cartoon character. Uh, he's also got a sister who's always portrayed as like much smarter and sort of nerdier yeah. than what, him. What's her name again? Coco. Yeah, and at the beginning of it, um, I rewatched the thing today. The uh, like the opening um, video like, or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The opening video, and at one point, uh, she's sat there and she's doing something to one of the boxes, and he's like crashes like later and she goes hey big brother and i'm like video games and pawn is also the two places where they establish that it's the brother it's like it's like like, just so you know here's some exposition i'm going to call them big brother even though you would never ever say i've never said to my sister once hey big sister never once i've never even said hey sister hey she's not a black woman (laughs) (laughs) but also like i like because they they do characterize them a bit. Like, Crash looks like a surfer sort of pothead. Yeah. Burnout type. Like, definitely the fuck up. It's almost like Bart and Lisa Simpson. I wonder if, if there was any of that. Because she is, like, the smarter, more studious. Yeah. And like you said, she's working on an invention or whatever. True. And that relates to that because my, my older sister is the smarter student and, one, and I'm the... Not surfer, but potter. <laughs> Stoner one, so. Yeah, man. And there you also live with this, like, floating Inca mask, uh, Aku Aku. Ugrabah! That one. Yeah. <laughs> that was good, man. But yeah, um, it's funny because it never really explains why he, he chills with you. Yeah, it's but, really weird. Um, it's almost like the mask on the mask. Yeah. Like the one that before he puts it on his face, the way it looks. But for good instead of evil. Yeah, exactly. And it's funny you say that because moving ahead a bit, but you get him in the game and if you get three of him in a level, you do put him and on as a mask. And you're just like invincible. Yeah. yeah, that was so good. And you're faster and everything. And so this game picks up exactly where the first left off, which I sort of appreciate. Like in the first game, it ends by you beating Cortex and his hover ship explodes and he sort of falls down to the island. Mm. And so this game starts from his perspective falling onto the island and he turns out he lands in a cave where he finds a power crystal. Yeah, yeah, the and pink, the, long crystal thing. Mm, which those feel weirdly like iconic in my head. But that, yeah. that like image of that True. purple crystal. There was a few, and I remember them fitting in the wall of the when you've got mm. them, they like slide into the wall kind of thing. Yeah, Crash would always. 
pick it out of his pocket and then do like a dance. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that. Yeah, yeah. Like, dude, the dance was so funny. Yeah. I could do it probably step for step. So I should start oh, doing that. Oh, he's doing it stage. right now. I know you can't hear it. Or you can't see it, but he's doing it perfectly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then it literally does like a one year later, and so Cortex in that year has discovered how to harness the power of these crystals. Right. Him and his assistant Engine. Oh, yeah. How do you describe <laughs> this fucking engine. guy? Yeah, <laughs> he's like a almost like an Igor type character, right? With a but like with a a warhead like implanted into yeah. his brain. It's almost like an experiment went wrong and an explosion happened and he's all deformed. Yeah, they love that one. Like they love having that in in stories like that. Like well. Either cartoon stories or video game stories is having the like fucked up weird doctor. Yeah. It's like, it's like, well, what's what? He was like, oh, he's made in a lab and he has, it doesn't have parents. He was made in a petri dish, mm. and uh, we added things to him when he when he had his uh, he has a bionic arm and like, all this shit. Like, <laughs> yeah. Um, well, and Cortex, how would you describe him? Sort of, he is also sort of looks fucked up. He's got like an N on his head, mm. which never really explain. I guess Neo Cortex is his name. But yeah. did he brand that there? Or did like? Yeah, true. I don't know. Or is he like born with it? Like, <laughs> did, did, did he have like a goatee? Uh, I think I, so. I feel yeah. like I notice these things more now that I'm older. Yeah, like, yeah. I'm like, oh yeah, that's a weird choice that they gave him a goatee or like whatever it was. You're you're looking up now. Yeah, because he's like a little. He's I love how the little as well. Like he's got like little man syndrome, and he's like, <laughs> he's like, yeah, I'm gonna. Oh yeah, straight. Yeah, he's got. Oh, is it like a. Yeah, he's got this yeah. evil goatee and shit. He gives me a, like, Farquaad vibe, sort of, from oh, uh, yeah, Shrek. True, true. But a bit more devious. Mm. And, uh, yeah, so he ends up kidnapping Crash, and he basically puts him in this, uh, like, that warp room that you described. Mm. And he's like, hey, these worlds, there's five levels per world. They all have one of these crystals. Yeah. you got to get them all and bring them to me. Yeah. And so that sort of sets up how the game works moving forward. Mm-hmm. And it's a, I like the setup because it's like there's an actual storyline reason for all the while you're going through all the shit you do, and as you sort of progress through the game, it obviously gets harder and harder. But you also get intel from like the different characters, like right. they come up, their faces come up, and True, yeah, Crash yeah. like looks up to them and shit like that. Yeah, see, see, me as a kid, I'm just like I'm not invested in that. I'm just kind of like just waiting for that moment to be over so I can carry on playing the game. I'm not paying attention to the story of it. I feel like people who are really like into video games, the reason they can explain it, the good to me, and I'm open to hearing it. It's just like, are you interested in the theater? And like, oh, not really. And I'm like, well, I'm not in that way. I could go to a good theater show, mm-hmm. but I'm not into it. Whereas you're into video games, and that's why people can explain, well, the story of Far Cry is this, well, and it's all this big story with it. Um, and well, and it also is a different like. Fo- I don't think the huge focus of this was a storyline, but it's it's the fact it that they supplemented the, enough of one. Exactly, yeah, yeah. And I probably would have been picking up on it as a kid, but I just wasn't. Uh, I, I've not got that mind when I'm playing a video game to be like paying attention to the story. I'm just mm. like, how do I jump? Yeah. <laughs> well, even like some games, like Super Mario 64, the story is like, well, you need enough stars to beat Bowser because he's behind these doors that you need stars to open. <laughs> but it's like, well, what? Like, I guess he just put those in place. Yeah. So I did appreciate the effort. Um, every time you beat a world too, the five levels, there was always a boss battle at the end. Yes, there was. Uh, I don't know if you'd remember the first two. I, I remember one of them, and he was called Tiny. Tiny, and yeah. And a massive, ti- uh, like... He it's looks like tiger. he looks like a Brock Lesnar Crash Bandicoot. He sort does, of. yeah, yeah, and I like I, 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 that was the first discovery of like, oh, calling someone the opposite is hilarious. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> a guy that's massive calling him tiny is is really funny. I like uh, you, could, you could even go the other way. I even liked 
like calling someone who's tiny and petite, just going like, look at this big fat bastard. Uh, <laughs> just like, it's just hilarious to me to completely. Yeah, like, or to reference Robin Hood from earlier, there's Little John. Exactly, from yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, no, that that is a hilarious trope. That yeah. always works. There were two other ones. There's Ripper mm. Roo, who uh, you might only remember him the the boss level with all the like dynamite boxes on the ground. Yeah, and he bounces oh. around on the pogo stick like lighting them. True, and you have to like go up to him and uh, you have to avoid um, them. And yeah, then, and like, eventually he'll blow himself right, up. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And then some other one yeah. called the Komodo Bros, but that's like oh, I don't man. even remember that one much and the first two didn't have any storyline collection connection i guess maybe they worked for cortex or whatever um but yeah i have it written here every time crash wins he dances uh but that's pretty much it i mean uh, by the, the, there is no real storyline throughout other than the bit of intel you're getting throughout them the more crystals you get the more they're like oh you're getting close or whatever mm. but it doesn't really make sense either because like cortex wants you to get the crystals but then, like, his lackeys, like, Tiny and Engine yeah. is the fourth boss battle. Like, why are they battling you and trying to stop you if you're collecting exactly, crystals for yeah, it's weird. Uh, like when, even when you just said a moment ago, um, oh, he has a crystal and then he gets, he, he gets like, Crash Bandicoot to do it for him. He's like, oh, he's the guy who can get them. Then it's like, well, why are you having them... Like there's certain things it doesn't make sense why you'd have him do that. Like you said, like, battling bosses. And it's like, is that just his weird way of, like, going, um... Oh, I'm going to make this more challenging crash. Oh, you've done that, have you? You've run away from the giant boulder, <laughs> which was one of my favorite levels. Oh, yeah. Well, uh, let's get into the gameplay a bit here, because... Oh, yeah. Oh, the ending of the game sort of is the same, by the way. You blow up his hub or whatever, assume he right. dies, and then we're back in game three. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. And there's also a secret ending. Sorry, I keep getting off oh, track. Because yeah. in this game, if you blow up all the boxes in the levels or destroy all the boxes in a single level, you get an emerald at the end. Mm. And only by getting all the emeralds in the game, which is really fuck a motherfucker to do. They'll put, like, sometimes they'll just hide a certain box, like, right, way in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. They really do make it, like, a pain oh, in the yeah, ass. Oh, yeah, I do remember that, where you probably have to seek it out to find the actual thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. And then there's this... It's all this, coming back to me now. <laughs> yeah, there's a secret ending with sort of, like, a different rival professor. And he powers up this laser beam and just rips Cortex's, like, space station in half. Right, right. I sent you a video of it earlier yeah, just because yeah, it yeah, was yeah. sort of like, wow, that was drastic. Yeah, true. I don't know if that skips the the final boss battle or whatever, but it is mm. sort of funny to just, like, it's like, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, for gameplay here, I have written it's like an on-rails, on-rails meaning it's all, like, one straight line, sort of plant point A to point B. Mm. They don't really, like, there's not a ton of move room to move around, but it is sort of like... It's not like you're completely in a straight line, but it's always like like a corridor, I guess. True, true. Yeah, and sometimes it's like 2D, but sometimes it's like 3D. Yeah. I like how, um, when I was rewatching it today, I was like, the, the, there's very creative ways of like, uh, the way that when you're just running up that first path uh, mm -hmm. and on the first level, it's like, um, there's certain holes you have to jump over, then there's certain really big holes where you have to jump to the, the side of it and then jump again. Um, and there's certain ways where you have to, the only way to get under is do that skid on your knees. Yeah. There's, there's certain boxes you can't spin at because they'll blow up, but you can jump on them. Mm. Or there's the ones with the arrows where, where if you just, you could spin that and get one apple. Uh, but if you bounce on it, then there's another one that keeps popping more and more apples out. Yeah, yeah. I'm probably skipping ahead here to what you've got. No, but. that's true. Because I was going to say there's like... Because uh, there were boxes in the first game, but this one had mm. a better variety of them and shit like that. Yeah. It actually like en enhanced how you played the game. And your only real moves, yeah, you could slide 
So mm. it'll like like you're slide checking in a football game or True. spin like the Tasmanian Actually, Devil. There's another one you could do, which was always fun to do, where you jump up in the air and then you like uh like belly flop onto the floor. <laughs> do you yeah. remember that one? Yeah, and he looks like he weighs like a <laughs> yeah, hundred yeah. pounds. Like, like the, 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 the descent <laughs> down is so quick. Like you you pop up slow and then <laughs> yeah. straight down to the ground. I do I'm glad you brought that up because it's so funny. And yeah, so the, there's also the red dynamite boxes. This, out of mm. all the game, these things gave me the most anxiety. Yeah. These and the green ones. Yeah, the green ones. With beep, 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 beep. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the red ones give you three seconds to get away. But if you're anywhere near it, you die. Mm. But the green ones, it's if you touch it. Exactly, you yeah. Die. Oh, yeah, so the first one in the green ones, yeah, you touch. But I also remember them having, like, there's sometimes steel boxes. And, and in between, oh, yeah. you'd have to jump at the wall and spin at the wall. And you could you could hopefully do it over enough to the to the right or whatever it is to get the question mark box with an apples inside. Or if you only just slope slightly to the left, there's a green box right next to it. If you touch that, all of the boxes go off. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, this is cool. Like, yeah, like half the time the challenge would just be like a dozen green boxes like littering a path, yeah. and you just set like sort of like mouse traps almost. True, true. And you have just... to just get through it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And yeah, every level also had, like you said, a, uh, I think Apples was almost like their version of Donkey Kong's Bananas. Exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which I think is fi- fine, man. True. It's like a platformer, just take it, it works. Once you yeah. get 100, you get a life. Exactly, yeah. And there was all different ways of getting them. So like like I said, like there's jumping on the box, mm-hmm. and it, it opens, uh, and there's one apple inside. Maybe you spin it, and there's one apple inside. Mm-hmm. Or there's a bouncing on one where you keep bouncing for long enough that it eventually pops, and there's loads of apples. Then there's also, sometimes you would open a box, maybe it's from sliding, and it would open the box. And then if you span, you spin the apples away. And yeah. you can't get them. Like, you spin, <laughs> and then the apples fuck off, and you're like, oh, no! Like, and, and I used to have this thing where when you'd done it a couple of times, you completely look at the game, whatever, I'd want to go through every single level and get every single apple. And I'd be pissed off if I'd miss one. <laughs> and at the end, if it's like, oh, you didn't get all the apples, I'm like, no, I have to do it again. Like, a self-completionist yeah, guy. Yeah. Well, I also love, like... Yeah, I love the attention to detail when you spin. Shit doesn't just disappear or evaporate. Mm. Like, if you spin an enemy, you can knock it further down the path and it'll hit other enemies or break boxes. Right, true. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, it would hit other things. Like, there's certain... Um, what else was there? There was the animals that would go past and some would go side to side and you have to either... Um, like slide them out the way mm-hmm. or spin them. But some you couldn't slide, some you couldn't spin. And if you did hit them, you'd go... <laughs> well that was perfect yeah, yeah, that's my only impression I can do <laughs> it's Crash Bandicoot being hit by a, you, gotta, uh, you gotta bring that to the stage I, I tried it once and people were like why are you doing a Crash Bandicoot <laughs> um, but yeah Man, um, no, that is hilarious they, uh, you also get the feeling that all of the enemies in this game are being like corrupted by Cortex sort of it's not like a, oh, yeah. it's not like an evil world but they all have like machine parts built into them and shit almost oh yeah like true as if he's been like working on them like some weird <laughs> Dr. Frankenstein. Yeah, and yeah. The, the first few levels are more, they're like, more have like an island theme and shit. Oh, yeah. And like island sort of, your like winter mountains sure. or whatever. But then the further you get in, the more, I feel like space oriented, like sci fi. I do love that about games, you know, when um, you enter a new world that you've not been used to. And mm-hmm. I even like it in, it's a similar kind of thing, feeling I get when you see a sequel to a film. And it's picking up from a certain point and it builds this whole world. And it's like it can drop in to Thor in a... Not that I really watch Marvel movies, but I just right. plucked that one out of my head. And it's like Thor is in this environment. And it just shows like very subtle things and you know 
you're like, oh, it's, it's, it's painting this entire world. And I think in video games, when it drops you into a new place, it, I get the same feeling of like, oh, it's like uh, you get to do, you've been using these skills uh, of you spin at a certain box, you think, but it's all new things. It's all like a new type of box and there's new things to jump over. And like, and uh, I did like that about Crash Bandicoot where it would keep evolving as you move through the game into different worlds and stuff. Yeah, like the first world would show basically like a lot of what you're going to see moving on. But you're right, like in world three, it'll be like the same thing, but the diff twice as difficult and then with like mm. a twist on it. Yeah. Like, uh, and there's levels, you brought up the one where you're being chased by shit. Like, yeah, uh, that's really cool. It's one of my favorite ones. There's the boulder, but there's also the giant polar bear. Yeah, there is. Like, oh, shit. And you remember you're like riding like a baby polar oh, bear? Oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> shit. That was so good. And as well, what's so cool about that is uh, at first you're going forward, like mm. up the screen almost. Mm. And then when it's the boulder, you're coming down the screen. It's You're coming towards the camera. Yeah. And, like, that was really weird because you didn't know what was coming. It was so, a mind fuck. You'd almost have yeah. to. It, it, you'd almost certainly die and just have to memorize the exactly. path, True. especially when it would just put holes in front of you. Exactly, yeah. And you, so you go through the level again. You like, you like. It's almost like you look for something before and like, right. Next time, remember that after the the tree that comes out onto the path, mm. that you, there's going to be a hole like that. Yeah. So you have to. And, and they'd add those like speed up ramps too. That, oh like, yeah. Right when you're about to get smoked, you'd get like. True. Yeah. yeah that's cool. Oh yeah. man, there's so much to this game. I didn't realize, but yeah, you know, do you remember they also had like uh, jet ski levels? Because there were a lot of like water ones or whatever. Oh yeah. So, so like you were talking about hopping on ship, but there's ones where like uh, I think they were hippos or were they hippos oh, yeah. or something was coming Some in and out of the yeah, water. Yeah, and you have to bounce on it and stuff at certain times. And... and and then at a certain point, you just get on a jet ski and it mm. becomes like an obstacle course with all these like landmines in the water. Right. Like... Yeah, I do remember that. Oh mm. yeah, so sick that like, this game, man. And yeah. even the music just boom. Like, <laughs> yeah. I remember, like when I was listening today, I was like this rush of nostalgia. And even mm. the opening titles, do you know the Naughty Dog, where it like it shows Naughty Dog, and yeah. then it's, it's the thing, whatever it is, like the dog on a fucking, uh, or it might be Cortez or whatever, smash into the back of the sign, and mm. the the sign goes, and it snaps open, and he flies through it. And I was like, oh, there's so much little attention to, like, and it's his voice, it's his voice off the top too. Yeah, yeah, true. That's funny. Well, let's go into the graphics on the sound section of this game, actually, because okay. perfect segue. Because yeah, from the opening, treating it sort of like a movie, it mm. always was sort of like. It was like iconic. It was sort of different. I, I so memorable, like you were saying. Even the uh, Universal logo was like a game version of it. Like you look at it now, and you're like, that looks absolute trash. But mm -hmm. the fact that they made the effort to like make a game version of Universal Studios uh, logo, mm -hmm. and the world is a bit 3D, and the Universal is written out in kind of the style of Crash Bandicoot. I was like, even that, I was appreciating that. Like, oh yeah, because a lot of games from that era. I don't know if it's, if it's the same now, uh, but. Uh, you remember the sound of the opening thing. And I remember hearing the sound of the opening thing and it just floods you with nostalgia like uh, EA Sports. Like As soon as you hear that, like mm -hmm. you're like, it takes you back to playing FIFA or whatever you played back then. Um, and it's the same with this. Like It's very iconic, the music and the, the opening graphics and stuff. Yeah, 100%. It's funny because... This this game gets like a different conversation because the originals do look atrocious by today's standard. Mm. Like most PlayStation games, they just don't hold up. Even compared to their Nintendo counterparts, I find it's always way too jagged, almost right. like it's just short of shittier. But they did the Crash Insane Trilogy re-release, right? And I'm I don't know if you've played this one, but no. 
they literally the opening is this big machine and crash bandicoot shows up and he's got like all these boxes and shit right. and he chucks them in the machine and then jumps in right and and it's it's sort of the original before he throws everything in it's like the original graphics all looking right. like shit oh and then the machine spits them out <laughs> as this like 3d remaster nice that's cool and sort of and then the game starts and it's like everything you remember but like right, but it's just modern oh sick man i would love to play that actually yeah so you get to see like the art was always beautiful, like as far as the like the design, the set designs, mm. the like art design, the like their whole vision for it was sure. always great. It was just they were limited by yeah, but I the suppose that a uh, advantage of making that type of game, like when you look at the FIFA FIFA ninety eight, you go like these humans don't look like humans. Like, yeah. Whereas if you have a Bandicoot, which people don't even know what it is anyway, like you, it's like, oh, it's a Frondibrup, and you're like, <laughs> oh, well, that's what a Frondibrup looks like. Then, like, so, so you can just do that. You can go like it can. It almost gives in the same way that a cartoon, uh, you get away with more stuff because it's like so. Say if Homer Simpson looks is yellow and he looks a certain way, mm-hmm. whereas if they tried to make him look real then you don't get away with it as much. Like, back Definitely. then, when it started in the 80s, you'd be like, oh, this is awful, this. <laughs> Whereas, all it is, all that's happened with the Simpsons, our family guy, is they've got crisper and newer looking, but it's still the same design. And it's the same with Crash Bandicoot, I suppose. Like, they got away with it then because it was such a unique art. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And, and even, like, there are games from that era that, like, Super Mario 64 looked good for its time, but GoldenEye 64 looked Golden like... GoldenEye! Dog- Sorry, I can't bother that. But yeah, GoldenEye 64 looks like dog right, shit compared yeah. to its... Uh, True. So it is just, like, even at the time, I remember people shitting on that game. Mm. Um, but no, I didn't... It was a good game, though. Like, to differentiate... <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. Legendary. But the, to differentiate between how the graphics looked based on the capabilities and then how the character designs worked and stuff, mm. like, I think Crash Bandicoot stands that test of time for a reason. Like, you remember how his face looks, you remember yeah. how the mask looks, how mm. those crystals looked, like, how even the cortex looks. Like, all that shit sort of stands out because it was true unique. And if he's ever wearing something different, it's cool. Like, at the beginning, in the opening bit, when he's wearing, like, uh, goggles on and he's got a jetpack <laughs> on, it's like, I was always like, yeah, he's cool. Uh, almost, in a way. I, I wouldn't be surprised. I don't know if you were like this as a kid, but if I enjoyed, like, I, I looked up to someone in a band or in a film, whatever, I'd just want to be like them. Mm-hmm. And I'd start dressing that way or whatever. And I, I'm pretty sure, I wouldn't be surprised if I looked at Crash Bandicoot and be like, that's kind of a cool style. Like, yeah. <laughs> I might start dressing like that. Like that kind of in a, in a weird way, like... Dude, so, you are Crash Bandicoot. <laughs> nice, You're nice. a modern okay. day, dude. It's like we call a Crash Sutton. <laughs> <laughs> you just reminded me of something with the jetpacks, too. That was a different kind of level we didn't talk about. Right. It's in the way later, I think in, like, the final world or two or whatever, you start jetpacking through space right, or whatever, and that nice. becomes... It's basically like the jet ski thing, but yeah. in space. Yeah, that was pretty cool. I want to play it so much now. <laughs> I know, right? You always get that after yeah. doing the podcast. Um, but yeah, I was talked about all the enemies and shit. I would say you were talking about the memorable music. A lot of it was super memorable to me. It definitely brings me back and lets mm. me know it's Crash. But there is like, I don't know if it's. I, I hate to always make the Nintendo comparison, but okay. it is missing a bit of that like sixty-four. Oh, like eight. What's it called? Something bit like sixteen bit. No, not even the six. Like the there's just something that lasts more about the Mario themes, the Zelda themes. 
Like, there's yeah. no, there's no like classic Crash song that you would like. True. You know, if an orchestra were to play it, you'd be right. You yeah, know? you'd be like, hmm, what's that? <laughs> yeah, true. But I, I think it is recognizable to people who played it, but it isn't like universally like like. That's the, the difference. Way. Yeah, true. I would say, mm. and I, I don't know why. I think it just doesn't have enough of its own unique sort of identity. And it is more like background elevator type music rather than being like this epic. Like Zelda is like epic music and it's like mm-hmm. little Zelda on a quest. I don't really play Zelda. <laughs> uh, but and, um, it suits the game. Like I know exactly, you're, yeah. I know you're not a pro wrestling guy at all, but my comparison would be like, like WWF always had these themes that mm. sort of like they matched the character to a T yeah. and they were very catchy and it had the whole package. True, true. Whereas like WCW was the rival company and the song was fine. It was inoffensive and it was mm. loud music while a wrestler came out, but it didn't match the guy at it all. It wasn't iconic. It wasn't way. made for mm. him. True. Like, this music, I feel like you could have put it in Spyro, and right. it sort of would have fit. True. And I couldn't tell you what the music from Spyro was, either. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so... Whereas, like, if you put the Mario music in Legend of Zelda, it would be like, yeah. what, what the fuck? Like, yeah, true. it wouldn't make any sense at all. So I guess it's like, yeah, like a B instead of an A, A-plus for me, but... Still, yeah. like I said, good, fun to listen to. Hmm. And all the sound effects and shit were actually, like... That's what you'd remember almost more. True, yeah. Like that noise like, you just made. Things, yeah, though. <laughs> Like that was one of them, and then there's also the Ugaba, and then what was the other one? There's something where I think it was just him in that loading room, and I think it was like the sound of like a door opening or the um, when he'd stand on the thing, he'd go, Oh, yeah, and bring him up out of the top, and he'd always um, freeze frame, yeah, he would, like yeah, he would spin, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> when you bring plate 11, go. <laughs> spin out of there yeah yeah uh, oh we didn't even talk about that how like every level had that weird bonus stage oh that yeah it was just about collecting lives and boxes and shit yeah true true but those made it when you were trying to do runs where you destroyed every box those mm. became the hardest bits was there any point where it went left to right uh, yeah that's those, that's the part that yeah, was the yeah, bonus yeah. ones oh it was yeah yeah, yeah. Because yeah. you could fall, um, you'd have to jump and you could see the fall and didn't he used to like when he'd fall he'd like spread out uh, at arms and, and then do this kind of like dead face it's as if he's almost is it Sonic that slid down the screen yeah yeah, yeah sort of he kind of does it like that where his arms come uh, like he's, he goes into like a star shape I'm aware that I, no one can see what I'm doing <laughs> uh, he's in like a star shape and he just kind of like dead faced just f- f- drops down the screen yeah, but, yeah. yeah we, that, we also didn't talk about whenever he bl- explodes or whatever there's an angel crash that, oh like, yeah ascends true to... <laughs> yeah yeah that was cool that was hilarious oh, sort of dark but funny mm. um but yeah, with uh, rounding it out, I always ended on the legacy factor for these games. Uh, like I said off the top, I feel like this could have been PlayStation's biggest franchise this whole time. Mm. I am glad they brought it back. I don't know if you knew, but they just released a fourth installment last right, year. No, no, or it might have even been earlier this year. I, I haven't played it yet, but I really okay. want to. Yeah, and I imagine they'd be good at it by now. Like, well, not good at it by now. What I mean is like after re-releasing the, the three and then and doing that thing where they've like upped the graphics and stuff, mm-hmm. they're probably like, we know what people want from this game by now. Yeah, like, I would think so. so. And I imagine they just saw the success of the trilogy re-release and were like, oh, there's still a big market of people that remember true, this. Because they're not, like I said, they never reinvented the wheel with this game at all. Like. Mm. But it was I just a say, really fun, memorable game. Yeah, the mm. fundamentals were done s- solidly. The characters were super memorable. True. It was like sort of like the perfect formula. And it's very much like m- mid-90s, like, what, was it, 97? Yeah. So, like, around it that age. The, it did, it If did. you were to get a, co- like a collage of 90s 100%. shit, this yeah, yeah, perfectly yeah. fits yeah. right in there. If I was doing, like, some video where it's, like, showing... Uh, a montage of 90s stuff that 100% Crash Bandicoot would be in there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and 
yeah, it's it's sort of nice that games like this can sort of, like they did have enough merit, you know. It's like it mm. was revolutionary at the time, but it's still good now. True, you know? like, and it's also I feel like it's. Uh, I, I imagine a lot of girls would have enjoyed playing it. It isn't like this particular. It's not like. Yeah, big guns and yeah, shit like it's that. not like. Um, <laughs> It's quite universal in a way. It's like anyone can enjoy playing this. It wasn't particularly like, I don't know. I don't really know what the um, demographic for a lot of games are, but Crash Bandicoot seemed quite, uh, mm. like I said, like open and universal where anyone could play it. But still challenging. Like, True. fuck me. It's tough to think we could beat these as kids because, mm. like, but near the, especially the last few worlds of this game, it gets like really tough. Yeah. I wonder if Australians try to claim Crash Bandicoot, dude. Oh, really? Is yeah. Bandicoot an Australian thing? I'm curious. Doesn't he... It just If I had to guess, it feels like mm, Origin of Australia. True, like, true. Yeah, with the mask and, like... Um, just the surfer vibe. Yeah, the surfer vibe. The, just the whole... And the fact that they go to space. Australians love space travel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. That's Well, anyways, man, I think we've come to an, uh, an organic conclusion here. Oh, Why man. don't you uh, plug out anything you want the world to hear about? Oh, okay. Um, so I run a night called As You Stand Up Comedy Myself. That's how me and John, we've, we've discussed this. Um, <laughs> and uh, I run a night called Comedy Vault. If you look that up on Instagram and Facebook and all those places, Grinder, um, you'll find <laughs> that on there. And um, I also, I have my own podcast. I've not been doing it for a while, uh, but I am on 100 episodes. And if you went back through there, you'll see a, a podcast with Jordan. We talk about wrestling. We talk about all sorts of stuff. Um and that seems to be the only thing I can remember is that we talked about wrestling. And Obama, and, uh, I think. And what? We talked about Obama. No way. <laughs> Did we? That's yeah. hilarious. Um, and there's a lot of other comedians that you would have seen on, on Game of Your Life and also around the Manchester scene you might find on there. So, yeah, them are my two things. Cool, man. Well, hey, thanks again for doing it. As always, I am Jordan Ducharme, at D on Instagram and at GYLPod on Twitter. Uh, we got added to a blog today about the top 15 Canadian video game-based podcasts. Wow, so no way. There's a lot of qualifiers, but hey, wow. to me, that's that's a start. That's you, a very specific poll. <laughs> I, I, I think it was just randomly made by <laughs> yeah, an algorithm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, no way. But hey, follow us, keep supporting us, become a lifer, tell your friends, and hey, we'll get back at you next week. See you then.